Hi, my name is Ben Armstrong. Hi, this is David Koch. My name is Thomas Maurer. Hi, I'm Donna Sarkari. Hi, my name is Lana Montgomery. Hi, I'm Seth Juarez. Hi, I'm Aaron Thomas. I'm Jess Dodson. Hi, I'm Rocky Heckman. Hi, I'm Sonia Cuff. Hi, I'm Troy Hunt. Hello, this is Wally Mead. My name is Reed Purvis. Hi, I'm Lars Kling. Hi, my name is Alan Birchall. Hi, I'm Adam Fowler. Hi, I'm Scott Guthrie, and you're listening to the Need to Know Podcast. All the latest Microsoft Cloud news, as well as industry guest deep dive conversations. It's a Need to Know Podcast. All thanks to the CIA Ops patron community. The Need to Know Podcast. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook, N2K Podcast, and online at ciaops.podbean.com. Welcome along to the Need to Know Podcast. My name is Robert Crane, and you join me for episode 305. We are in we're just about to finish June 2023. You can reach out to me on the Twitter at DirectorCIA. Also feel free to email me, director at CIAOps.com. YouTube channel at DirectorCIA. And I'll put in the show notes that you do have the option if you wish to join my team share channel. That's a free uh, opportunity for you to get a feel for what that's all about and the information that I post in there. Don't forget the good old merch store for uh, t-shirts that will make a statement at the next conference you attend and all of this sort of capabilities brought to you by the good people who have taken on a subscription at ciaopspatron.com. I do thank them for their continued support and encourage you to also sign up there to not only support me, but get the latest information about the Microsoft Cloud with our community that is there. So some announcements uh, from me. Again, I'll just reiterate that I have released a Power Automate course. You'll find that at the CI Apps Academy. I'll make sure the link to the blog post is available to you. So that's going to help you understand or learn about how to start doing automations using uh, some of the Power Platform capabilities. Um, I will also note that I did a blog post about how uh, PowerShell now supports the new connection ability to the Compliance Center. No longer does it need WinRM. That's a big step forward. Uh, it means we can make our endpoints much more secure. So I've got a blog post there for you to uh, go in and have a look at. All you basically need to do there is make sure that you are using the latest Exchange Online Management Shell and you should be go- good to go there. Um, I've also uh, got uh, did a video on uh, some basic Windows application control with uh, Intune policy. So many people probably aren't aware that Windows Defender Application Control actually has some options in a policy you can simply select in Intune and get it to apply that for you without having to go through the challenges of creating XML files and PowerShell and all that. However, there are some trade-offs when you do that. So that video will take you through all that. And if you're interested in application control, application whitelisting, I certainly encourage you to go in and uh, have a look at that. And the last one, which I will call your attention to, I think is pretty important for many people is that Uh, Microsoft is going to change the way that uh, files are shared with specific users by default. Now, the way it used to work was you would share a file with a specific user, they would get notification, get a code backwards and forwards, so on, pretty straightforward. Now, what uh, Microsoft have done is they're going to now enable uh, an option in uh, each tenant going forward. So that option is called Azure B2B integration. So what that means is with that enabled, so any new tenant will have this capability enabled, uh, what's going to happen is is when you share with a specific person, that specific person will effectively become a Azure B2B user inside your Azure AD. Now that's going to mean that as a 
effectively an Azure user inside your environment, they're going to be subject to MFA, security defaults, conditional access, any other policies that you do have in place. So you can go and turn off this feature. Again, you can do that with a PowerShell uh, command to do that. Blog post shows you how to do that. But if you are having issues with uh, users sharing specific um, files with specific uh, users outside the environment, go in and have a look at this uh, new Azure B2B integration feature, which is enabled by default. So just be aware of that uh, going forward. Again, I'll put the blog post in so you can go in uh, and have a work through that. Now in news from Microsoft, don't forget to go in and sign up for Microsoft Inspire. This is going to be July 18 to 19. Interestingly, Microsoft has made it a total uh, online event. Uh, this is the Worldwide Partner Conference. Effectively, all Microsoft's partners get together and talk about new products and opportunities, blah, blah, blah. It's still all online. Normally, it's in Vegas, um, but uh, interesting. I would have thought Microsoft would have done a hybrid event. Uh, don't know, but you can still go in, sign up. Now, the good thing is, I would suggest, is the way I do it. I certainly sign up, have a look at the sessions, sign up for the ones which make sense there. And then generally I'll try and watch it live if I can, if it doesn't interfere with my day. But normally I'll go through the recordings once they've been published. They tend to be published very quickly. And then the good thing is I can watch them at double speed and if they don't make sense, then I can just drop out and go to the next one. So I certainly encourage you to get all the latest news and information from Microsoft um, around July 18 and 19. Go in and sign up for that. I'll go in and put the link in the show notes for you. Now, an interesting confirmation from Microsoft is that a number of recent cloud outages were because of a denial of service attacks. There's not a huge amount of information here. Again, I'll put the link to the third-party news site that calls it out. I've seen this in a couple of places. So uh, some of the recent events uh, are actually technical failures. Um, they were denial of service, very targeted denial of service. So again, go and have a look at that and be aware of that. Microsoft obviously is, is trying to do its best to mitigate those going forward uh, as well. Now, another really good inf piece of information or release that Microsoft has made uh, is now the MAM for Microsoft Edge for Business on Windows. So in English, this means that you'll be able to implement uh, MAM application management on Windows devices uh, without the need for them to be enrolled. So I think BYOD Windows 10 devices. Now it still is in preview. It does have some limitations at the moment. It's only the Edge uh, browser, but go in, have a look at it. I think you can sign up for a preview in here. Uh, we wouldn't expect it to be long before it goes into GA. So if you're looking for MAM on Windows 10, go in, have a look at this blog post and begin to explore the capabilities of using M to MAM to you know, control what users can do on a you know, non-registered uh, Windows 10 uh, endpoint there. Uh, another one here that I've noticed is that Microsoft is beginning to publish more and more information about Microsoft 365 Copilot. I've noticed some things uh, get added to the roadmap. Uh, Microsoft now has a blog post here, how to prepare for Microsoft 365 Copilot. I encourage you to go in and read all of this now. Again, there's not a lot of information in specifics and dates and releases and licenses. However, um, some interesting points in here. So basically what it says, if you start reading in here, uh, it'll basically, it basically says that uh, Copilot users must have either a Microsoft 365 E3 or E5 license. Now, 
There is a footnote to that, and if you go down the bottom and take your time to go in and read uh, the footnote there, it says, for small and medium business, Microsoft 365 Business Standard or Business Premium will be uh, an eligible base license. So again, it's going to be all the way from uh, looks as though Business Standard up. So personally, I don't think this is too far away. Again, Microsoft is very cagey about uh, you know, when it's going to release, when it's going to hit tenants, the pricing, all that sort of stuff. However, some of the reading between the lines it indicates to me that it won't be far off and it would seem to probably going to be an add-on at least for those business licenses. It may be included in an enterprise license or a component of it, but it seems to me as that will be an add-on license for the business. But we don't know, so we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, we will get more news um, at the Microsoft Inspire. So again, go in and sign up for that. We've also got uh, a new home experience in OneNote uh, on an iPhone. A big OneNote user myself, really love it, take notes, capture all sorts of information. So there's a slight change. I think it is a better style interface, easier to use, uh, and makes it more intuitive on your iPhone. So again, go in, have a look at that, see the changes. It's becoming, these sort of mobile apps, I think, are becoming more and more consistent. Uh, they have been a little bit hodgepodge, I think, in the way that they've been uh, presented. So each team obviously had a responsibility and did things their own way. But I think we're beginning to now move towards consistency in these mobile apps in the way they allow you to create new items and subjects and uh, respond and all that. So go and have a look at that. The uh, link will be in the show notes. Now, another bit of news here, uh, for those of you who love uh, Forrester reports, uh, Microsoft has been named a leader in the 2023 enterprise email security wave. Uh, this basically confirms that you know Microsoft um, is you know one of the leaders when it comes to protecting emails, to doing security, uh, doing all that sort of stuff. You'll see that it's right up there in the right place. It's not you know down the bottom. It's not out of the picture. It certainly is one of the leaders uh, in the space. So if you do have anybody who goes in and question that or wants to see something of proof comparison to you know other providers in the space, again this uh, link will provide them those sort of answers. So go and have a look and you'll see the amount of effort that Microsoft has put into you know, improving its capabilities, especially around security for email. Now, another interesting one which has just come up or just I've just seen is that if you go into your endpoint security option inside your Intune portal, you will basically find there is uh, you know, a, a new application control capability which is in preview. So the design with this is to allow easier deployment of Windows Defender application control and app locker style app management and permissions on devices. So I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go and have a look. It is in uh, preview at this point. So my other point of advice here is to be super duper careful about applying some of these policies because one very easy to lock yourself out if you're not careful and two if you do the wrong thing apply the wrong policy you can brick the machine right so it does depend on what other drivers are there but effectively if you're using the most stringent capabilities you are restricting what application, including drivers, can be used on the device. If you're using a third-party driver that loads at boot that isn't certified, uh, that could cause you a problem and basically brick the machine. You have to do a rollback on that. So again, 
uh, be very, very careful about that. But it's good to see that now available as an option in endpoint security rather than having to go in and use PowerShell and XML policies and all that sort of stuff. And it can be very complicated to apply you know, across. We've been able to do it. I do have a couple of videos on how to do it, but this is certainly going to make it, I think, uh, a hell of a lot easier. So go in, have a look at that. The link will be in the uh, show notes for you. Now, what I wanted to cover off in this editorial is to talk about logs in Office 365. Now, a couple of recent engagements I've been involved with um, to look at you know, security issues or behaviors of certain users behind the scenes have illustrated the fact to me that not many people are turning on all the logging capability inside Microsoft 365. Now, a lot of the logging capability is on, but there is certainly a significant amount that should be turned on and currently isn't on. Now, yes, Microsoft could turn it on, but if nobody looks at it in the tenant, why would Microsoft waste disk space? So the bottom line here is you should turn on all the logs. There is generally no additional cost or hindrance or performance to enabling all of these logs that I'm going to talk about. So please, please, please go and turn the logs. They're going to save you if you ever need to go and do an investigation, look something up prove something without this logging capability enabled it's very very hard almost impossible to be able to determine what happened in the environment so again be like Noah um, build the ark before it rains go in turn on all these logs so the number one log I would suggest that you need to make sure is on and enabled and you know where it is is what's called the unified audit log now you'll find that in security.microsoft.com. If you go down the bottom on the left-hand side menu, there's an option called audit. And if you click on that, you'll see that you'll get the ability to search by time, date, user, keyword, activities, uh, all sorts of stuff, right? So please make sure that's on. If it's not on, you'll have a banner across the top and all you gotta do is select that and turn it on. Now that's gonna capture all the logs for you know emails, for SharePoint, for OneDrive, for all of that sort of stuff is going to be in that one place. Now, the good thing about those unified audit logs is every environment will maintain it for at least 90 days. So you'll have 90 days worth of logs maintained there. Now, if you have an E5 license, it will maintain it for 365 days, right? So that's the benefit of an E5, okay? But unified audit logs uh, are going to be your first point of call when you're looking to find out what's going on behind the scenes uh, in the inside the tenant. Now the next one I'll call you call out is there are mailbox logs or email logs that you should also enable. So every mailbox has I think around 18 unique properties that you can audit. About only about nine or ten of these are enabled by default. So I would encourage you to go in and make sure all of these audits for all the mailboxes are enabled. That's going to give you the full uh, ability to see what's going on with all the properties, all the changes in the mailboxes. Now, there isn't any web interface capability or GUI or browser-based ability to do that. It has to be done with PowerShell. Uh, again, but it's one PowerShell command that you can just run across your whole environment, turn on those logs. And as I said, there's no downside to basically doing it. There's no additional cost in, uh, you know, for, for you to pay for a license that's all included. So again, there's no downside to turning all these logs, having more information to help you resolve any issues, I think is a really, really important capability. So go in, uh, find the PowerShell command to turn on all the audit loggings for all your mailboxes uh, and go in and do that. Now, after the unified audit logs and the mailbox logs 
the most next most important ones are probably the Azure AD logs. So these are going to largely track identity. So this is going to track user logon, user accessing services, and you know also things like apps. So you've got apps that are part of Azure AD that are probably logging in the background, maybe a third-party backup or some add-on that has been there. Now, very, very important that you know you make sure you know where these are. So you'll have to go typically to the Azure AD portal, go into sign-ins there, and you'll be able to see that filter it. Now, the limitation here is that the maximum amount of logging data that can be maintained in this area inside the Azure portal is only 30 days. So you only get seven days uh, basically with you know anything that's not Azure AD P1. All right, so if you've got business uh, basic and those sort of licenses without Azure AD uh, P1 or P2, you're only going to get seven days worth of logs and they can disappear really quickly. So again, be aware of that. If you do have Azure AD P1 or P2, you will have that extended to 30 days, right? So that gives you that capability to have 30 days. But even 30 days is a relatively short amount of time. Now we'll talk about where we can send some of these logs for you know longer retention, but the maximum you can achieve is going to be 30 days. You'll get that with Microsoft 365 Business Premium because it includes Azure AD uh, P1 in there. So make sure that A, you know where the logs are and the retention periods. And also I would suggest that you understand how you can go in and quickly filter by country, location, user, uh, activity and so on to find the information because again the challenge with log files is is they're just exactly that like log files like windows events there's hundreds potentially thousands of these happening every day so how can you find that needle in the haystack that's the real skill here is to be able to put your finger on that information that you need when you need it inside the logs and hopefully they've got the information uh, that you need now this raises the question of, okay, so we need to understand we've got you know, 90 days for unified uh, audit logs typically, we've got you know, email logs, we've got Azure AD logs, seven or 30 days. How long should we be maintaining uh, these logs for as a standard across you know, all our environment? The first place I would suggest you think about is, okay, what standard are you following? Is it going to be Essential Aid? Is it going to be NIST? Is it going to be CISA? You know, what are you going to follow that is going to be the benchmark that you can refer to? Now, outside all of that, I would suggest at a minimum, you're probably going to want to maintain all sorts of logs, no matter what they are, for at least 180 days, right? So six months worth of retention. You should be able to do pretty easily and pretty cheaply uh, using the tools, which I'll talk about shortly. So I would be aiming for 180 days. You can do less, uh, but again, make sure that you realize that you know, the logging retention on a unified audit log is very different from potentially Azure AD sign-in logs. So it'd be nice to put it in a place where it's all consistent and uh, in one location. Now, luckily, Microsoft does have a solution for that, which we'll get to uh, shortly. Now, the other tool I would suggest that is pretty much mandatory to help you manage uh, what's going on in a tenant, look at the logs, uh, do queries, do exports, uh, potentially set up alerts and so on, is uh, Defender for Cloud Apps. Now, you do get a basic version of Defender for Cloud Apps with uh, Microsoft 365 Business Premium, but my advice would be you need at least the full version because the full version looks at not only the activity of the endpoints, but also looks at the activity inside the tenant and gives you the capability 
to go in and create policies. So the policy, for example, could be something around impossible travel, it could be mass downloads, it could be you know, all sorts of things. And then we can set up a policy to not only alert us, but then take an automated action. So you may decide, okay, if there's mass downloads, I want to block the user, reset their password, or send notification to certain people. Also, it gives you the ability really to dig in deep into the activity log. Now, if you've ever used unified audit logs, they're fine, but they are super basic. I would suggest a much better way to do serious inquiries and queries of what's happening in a tenant is to use the activity log capability in the full version of Defender for cloud apps because it's all basically in a web interface. We can select the apps from a pull-down menu. We can select the users, again, via a you know pull-down uh, menu, and it's going to make it much easier for you to put the details in, filter and sort, and do that que quickly, and then export it to Excel. So the unified audit log is somewhat cumbersome. It's only designed as a very, very basic log. I would suggest to you that this is going to be a huge value add that Defender for Cloud Apps provides. If you haven't seen Defender for Cloud Apps, my advice would be you can sign up, I think, for a 30-day trial. Go in and have a play with it. Have a play with it in the demo environment. Um, get familiar with it. But for a query and auditing tool, uh, really across the whole Microsoft sort of, you know, especially the SaaS-based side of Microsoft 365, so Exchange Online, SharePoint, OneDrive, those sort of things. Uh, I don't think there's any other product that, that goes anywhere near it. So get in there, have a look. It also gives you a lot of benefit. You, like I said, you do get a basic version with, um, you know, uh, business premium. Now, if you go into the security.microsoft.com, you'll see that, there's an option there about halfway down called Cloud Apps and you'll have what's called Cloud App Discovery. So Cloud Discovery is part of Business Premium and basically reports on what the endpoints are doing, where they're traveling, all that sort of stuff. But when you get the full version in there, you get the ability to look at you know the activity log and you can set up policies and all sorts of things. So again, can't speak highly enough about if you need to do any serious investigation and you want to do it quickly and easily, I'd certainly be looking at uh, Defender for Cloud Apps. Now, not unsurprisingly, I'm going to be recommending uh, Sentinel as the place as a log repository, um, as well as an analysis and, and automation tool. Now, my advice would be is that you set up Sentinel. So Sentinel is an Azure service, very easy to create, but you do need an Azure subscription to achieve that. Once you've done that, that creates effectively a large database. Then you point all your logs into Sentinel, and that's going to be that one database that collects them for whatever period of time that you want. Now, the good thing about Sentinel is, one, you get a 30-day free trial, so you can try it out at no cost. The second one is that you will get 90 days of log retention or data storage for free and included. So you could take your Azure AD sign-in logs for seven days and pump them uh, potentially into Sentinel, and now you could extend that to 90. Now, if you want more than the standard 90 days or the free included 90 days, you can extend that storage uh, from Sentinel into blob storage at a very, very cheap rate. So I would suggest to achieve the 180-day benchmark I've suggested, uh, it's only going to cost you a few dollars, if that, maybe even a, not even less than a dollar, perhaps, to send the logs after that first 90 days into you know, longer-term storage. You've always got that. 
Now, if you do want to keep it for, say, 365, well, then you just extend that from, you know, the first 90 days are free and then everything after that will be billed on the retention. So it gives you that flexibility. And importantly, it gives you a consistency. So we talked about the unified audit logging being 90 days. We talked about Azure AD potentially being 30 days. You know, different end periods here make it a bit challenging when you're trying to work through uh, an incident or something to determine when it happened and whatever. So having all of that consistency to the same end date or number of days retained makes life a hell of a lot easier. So I would certainly recommend that um, you have a look at doing that, if for nothing else, than a single location to put your uh, data into, okay? Now, ingesting all the Microsoft logs, so like from Office 365, SharePoint, Defender, uh, all of that is generally free, so there's no cost to ingest the logs. You can set up Sentinel to ingest logs from third parties and other applications. Now, some Microsoft applications like Azure AD uh, sign-ins, uh, there is a cost there generally, but again, it is very, very small for the convenience to provide. So the way I would suggest is you set up Sentinel, set up the number of free uh, connectors, the data connectors, and start the data uh, capture and then extend it out as you get a better idea of the cost. However, you know, I'm ingesting something like 15, 20 different data sources into my production environment. I think it costs me, you know, less than $3 a month to ingest all that data and retain it for something like, you know, 180 days. So it is very, very cheap for its capability. Now, the good thing with Sentinel is once all those logs are there, you have one location for your device logs, for your exchange logs, for your user logins. This means that when we want to query uh, or find out what's going on across all of our services, all those logs are in one place. Now, Microsoft gives us a querying capability called KQL, so Custo Query Language, and a bit like you know, SQL. The idea here is you can create a Custo Query to look at you know, who downloaded files, uh, who sent files to USB keys, uh, you know, all sorts of things. Disk space, all of that is capable here with KQL. Now, KQL will also work back in the Defender for Endpoint portal as well. So this is one of the big advantages here. Now, I like it in Sentinel um, as the endpoint being the data collection bucket for everything. So I think that's the best option that you've got, one place for everything. You can certainly come back and use it in Defender for Endpoint if you want to, but the other good thing about Kusto is that's relatively straightforward. You can build it with a wizard that's now integrated in there. And I would suggest an even easier way is to use what people have already created. So if you go out and do a, uh, uh, a query or a search for Kusto query language examples in Sentinel, you're going to come back with lots and lots of them provided by Microsoft and the community as well. All right, so don't you know, boil the ocean, re don't reinvent the wheel, basically find what someone else has done, modify it, work out how it runs, and then you're gonna get that capability. Now, the other really good thing about using those Custo query languages is you can do them ad hoc, and then when you create an ad hoc one that works for you, you can easily convert it into a regular scheduled alert. So it's going to run constantly in the background and check the data. So. For example, if you want to have a query to see who's downloading stuff to a USB device, you can create that query or find that query, put it in there, run it, and then schedule it to run on a regular basis. And if you want, even further extension from that is the capability to start automating based on the results of that. So 
I, I think that's why Sentinel to me is such a really powerful tool, but certainly start with it as that single log repository for everything in Microsoft 365, everything device, and potentially everything third party as well, so that you have all those logs in one location that you can query with a single query language, get results uh, right across a known consistent number of days. Then from there, you can begin extending your knowledge, extending the capabilities of what Sentinel can do for you. But as a starting point, I think it is the best tool. Now, it's relatively easy. Most integrations with Sentinel to pull logs in are inbuilt. Uh, if they're not, they're easily to enable. So basically, I've pointed everything, you know, Intune, um, Defender for Cloud Apps, Defender for Endpoint, everything points into Sentinel, and it's accumulating those logs. The other big thing about Sentinel is, quickly, is that I can also include external threat uh, indicators as well, so what they call TI. So I can look at all the indicators that come from my uh, own environment, and then I can add external threat indicators from Attack IQ and, and those sort of places, and they can then compare and see, well, is anything that's a known bad IP address or a spammer IP address uh, match any communications inside my organization and then create alerts about it? So this is the advantage of having one single database where all the logs are located. So I can't recommend that highly enough. And remember, for Sentinel, you need a Azure subscription in there, and Azure will only be billed basically on usage. So my advice is start small, just get it to collect the basic free logs, and then extend it, grow it from there, and look at your automations. Now, the last thing I would leave you with is that, you know, there are lots of places, lots of different places for logs. Now, before you need to use them, I would suggest you make sure you know where they are and how to use them. So if you haven't seen the unified audit log, go in, dig in there, have a look, understand how it works. Look at the Azure AD logs. Look at how you can pull out the mailbox logging information. There's nothing worse than being under the pump, having to prove or find something or you know resolve something and not having that experience. So again, as Noah, make sure that you go and build the ark well before you need it. So work out what the list of logs are, work out what they contain so that you can pop in and out, you know where they are, you know the URLs, so you can get to them quickly and easily and find the information and know how to use them. And I would certainly recommend to make it even easier is put into Sentinel, then there's that one place you go, one queries and so on. But if you're not, again, go through, work out where all logs are, turn them all on, and then remember where they are so that you can come in and get them and view them and work with them beforehand. So practice before you need them would certainly be my suggestion. So hopefully there's some value information in there. Please, by all means, let me know your thoughts, your feedback. You can reach out to me on the Twitters at DirectorCIA. Also, director at CIAops.com. Always love to hear from listeners what you think, what you see value, and any suggestions that you do have as well. But with that, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Need to Know podcast. You have been listening to the Need to Know podcast from CIAOps. For training on using technologies like SharePoint Online or Microsoft 365, visit www.ciaopsacademy.com. By purchasing from the selections available, you'll be directly supporting this podcast. To provide feedback on this episode, visit www.ciaops.com contact.